0: Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere, with your host, Chris Parker.
1: And welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. This is Chris Parker, and I am with Rainier Willems again. So um, we're going to flip the script on this as Rainier is doing some some research and some work, and and he has some questions for me. So... Just in the spirit of playful discovery and, and sharing, uh, we just decided to press record on this and let's see how it goes. So, uh, for this podcast, I'm getting interviewed by Rainier. Rainier, uh, tell us tell us why we're here and what we're doing and uh, and fire away.
0: Great, Chris. Uh, to be honest, I've been looking forward to this and to to our conversation uh, conversation on value. Um, no secret. I'm passionate about the concept and the notion of value, uh, but it's a broad notion. Uh, it can mean many different things to different people. And uh, at the moment, I am uh, speaking with leaders in the business world, uh, academics, uh, healthcare, and also culture um, to find out what what is value actually. And um, so, I have a few questions for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's start with, with, with the first
1: one, and the short question. Um, Chris, what is value? What is value? You you did give me a, a little bit of a preview of, of the questions um, about a week ago, and my my brain has also been ah. rushing with, with different ideas. So I have um, a couple different answers to that. You said it was a short question. I think the answer might not be so short. Um, the, the one where it really resonates with me is in the context of customer experience design and customer experience strategy. And uh, from that, uh, one of the things I've learned uh, as the psychological aspect behind customer experience is the difference between the experiencing self and the remembering self. And um, the reason that's important is, you know, we are having right now uh, this experience that we're having a conversation and, and we're seeing each other on zoom and it's recording and this is happening. However, um, tomorrow and next week, uh, it'll be my remembering self meaning I will not be in the experience, but I'll be remembering back. And it's that perception of, of value, which I think is, is most profound and meaningful for me. Um, and the work that I do now the reason why that is profound and valuable is in a business context and and well I guess in a personal context is it's the it's the remembering self um, that drives um, future decisions and so loyalty decisions referral decisions um, and building off of um, Alpha de Bihe's work who who used to be with Forrester you know, he's spoken about sacrificial loyalty, meaning are people, you know, willing to continue to pay full price or are people willing to maybe buy more from you or are they willing to refer a friend, truly refer a friend, not not a net promoter score, imaginary refer, but truly refer a friend without, you know, without being incentivized, you know, that, that they're just really emotionally loyal. And that emotional loyalty comes from the, the 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 remembering self and for me, a, a great story of that is Disney for me so um, yes, I have a mickey Mouse tattoo. so i i 've literally inked myself with with a Disney logo um, oftentimes when i 'm in a Disney park, there are real moments of frustration of cost of weight of of delay of line of of rain of 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 lack of food or and I love That's it. Great. I love it. You know, I, I cannot get enough. I just take my money. You know, it's, it's, it's and you know, so there, there is the, the, the dimension of, um, and I really, really value it. And I really, really value sharing it with people. And I, and I, and I bring people to Disney parks and, and like right now I promote Disney. Um, and so the, it, it is not always good service, meaning, meaning, meaning service, you know, giving everything to me. Um, it's really a rich experience with, with, you know, specifically designed, you know, good pain and, 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 you know, branded pleasure and, and it just really, really works for me. So when I look back at, you know, Disney experiences, I really value that, you know, I value the pictures I took, I value the, uh, you know, the souvenirs I bought and that all, that all just contributes to my really wanting to go back. And during the Corona time, that makes me want to go back even more. Um, so that, that's a, maybe a, a long story on my definition of value.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, I like the, uh, the, the, um, your uh, distinction between the, the experience uh, self and the remembering uh, self. Um, and also, uh, yeah. proves that, that value is, 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 is quite personal or can be quite mm-hmm. personal. Just a little yep. challenge. Uh, suppose you're you're selling an ERP system or something, not so, maybe not so exciting to some people. Um, how? Yeah, you, it will be difficult to find that level of personal value.
1: Well, I don't know. Um, I'm in the process with a fashion brand right now, and they and they are in the market for an ERP system, and and they have actually you know engaged me to give advice on that. So. And um, um, not surprising, I have taken the, the position that I just described of basically saying, OK, you want some advice on technology. Um, that is going to be the last thing we speak about. So before I can give any advice on technology, tell me why you're here as far as a like, mission purpose of the business. Why do you exist? Um, And, you know, and obviously profit is, is a result, you know, it is, you know, part of any sustainable business is is a, is a profit motive. Um, Who are the customers? Meaning, and what are the channels that you bring your, your product in this case or service your experience um, to your customers? Um, I've purposely gone out and, and looked at and felt, you know, in this case, uh, shoes um, in stores in the brand store um, just to discover it and spoke to the different people who are, are delivering that experience. So, so the, the, the B2C online salespeople, the you know, people in the, in the retail stores they sell to, they're, they're, they're sellers that are selling to buyers, um, and discovering, okay, well, what's happening here? You know, Because there's a value creation, value capture um, dialogue, dance going on. And can you quantify that? Uh, meaning, what is the expected you know, call it revenue or margin contribution now and forecasted in the future versus the costs. And the costs yep. meaning, um, you know, shared overhead costs, shared marketing costs, as well as direct costs that you can attribute. Um, and then from there, you go into the actual, um, you know, process uh, system and data, you know, that that sort of operating model aspect and say, okay, well, what is it about, you know, that's where the value, you know, talk about the revenue creation is coming from. And then on the flip side is what are the inefficiencies? So, so now we're getting into the process, the, the whole discussion of the process. And, and in my experience, the um, ERP implementations, the, the true value of that is actually the process thinking you do before you even implement the system. Um, you know, you, I think you can get 80% of the value just by really thinking about your process. Yeah. And the more standard, you know, standard or clear less exceptions with the process, of course, the more simple the ERP system will be. The yeah. implementation consultancies won't like that because they thrive on complexity. Um, yeah. and the more complexity they can, they can bake into it, the more, uh, you know, consulting hours they have. Um, yeah. that's also why, um, I, as a principal separate, um, people giving me tech strategy from doing tech projects, um, because let's just avoid any possibility of, of, um, you know, conflict of interest there. Um, and, and then also then look at, okay, if you have in this case, say 20 applications in your landscape, and you need to do an upgrade, what other applications can you, um, either remove or, or, or replace or integrate better? So there's a whole, there's a whole cascading discussion of value that has very little to do with technology here. You know, what, what, what is the contribution to the, to the actual you know, revenue? What is the productivity as far as cost saves? What are cost, cost avoidance? Um, how can you create value you know, through, through process clarity? Um, and then what I actually did yesterday is went back to, to the, the CEO in this case and, and, and told him, I said, well, you're looking at the ticket price of a new ERP system and that's not your biggest cost. Your biggest cost during this whole thing is gonna be your people's time your best people's time not focused on your customer uh-huh. for a period of six to twelve months. So let's also put the cost dimension in in perspective here. And, um, and you can you can you can very easily
0: uh, make also kind of your back of the napkin calculation and uh, make a first quantification at it uh, quite simply, and it doesn't yep. have to be uh, academically um, uh, correct and whatnot, but but gives a first picture, and that 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 will. I think that will create insight.
1: Yeah, and and again, this is not what I typically hear in the market. So, so you know, when I when when I come in and say, well, you want me to give you a technology advice, yeah. I'm going to talk about that last. Um, I think that I think at the, least
0: you took the learnings of uh, many years and thousands of failed CRM uh, implementations back in the day. We all started with technology, and then we had to figure out what was the process actually, but what, what the thing was implemented already, and and. and yeah, so good, and thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it also, uh, for me, an observation in, 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 in this example is that um, it is very easy um, uh, to make things complex and, and to talk about the complexity, and and, and you know, can and throw in all kinds of um, uh, system uh, terminology and, and requirements and whatnot. That, that's the easy part. Distilling it down to 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 the essence and the essence, the value essence, if you will, uh, that is the hard part, and that is what uh, I hear that you are doing in this case.
1: And and like you said from your CRM experience, that I think you know, if, if you've lived in, in a corporate land for longer than you know, ten years, you will have suffered from a, a large-scale system implementation, and the hard part um, will happen, and it's just a question whether you do it before or after. <laughs> The, uh, and, and if you do it after, then you're going to be really limited in your scope of, of options because the system will yeah. already be implemented and, and basically you're stuck. So, um, so please do the hard work. It's good work. It's meaningful work. It's valuable work. Uh, do that up front. And then that yeah. will actually minimize the pain and suffering. Because I was talking to the IT guy there yesterday. I said there will be a trough of disillusionment. The, the whole you know, the, the, the valley of despair on the first day, that will be there. The question yeah. is, the hard work we do now will minimize the depth of despair. Just so, yeah. so you just have to pick where your suffering will be, in order to get to the um, you know the productivity or or the value you know the promised land you know after the implementation.
0: Yeah, and that, that that reminds me of uh, a number of interviews that I recently had with um, uh, procurement professionals, and 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 also talking about their perspective of value. And with with these type of projects, Chris, and the approach that you are uh, describing, um, this will also take um, um, uh, sometimes a bit of a different perspective from from the buying organization, and let's call it procurement for now. Um, I get a sense of security and a sense of de-risking if I, based upon the technical specs, uh, really describe to a supplier what it is that I want certain APIs, certain whatever, um, and that gives a, a kind of a sense of security, at least as a procurement person. This is what I get, and now we can, we, can, we can control that, and then that's done. If it mm-hmm. works or if it delivers value, that's somebody else's issue. So if you want to open up and say, hey, I'm open up to together, first go to this process that you just described and, and talk about what are the outcomes that we're after and based upon the outcomes, then start to work. You need to be able to take a little bit of risk um, because you cannot specify everything upfront and and determine what the world would look like in six months from now. So that also takes a little bit of risk, sometimes a little bit of corporate courage uh, courage, um, um, to go that route, um, which is also a reason that in some companies, also the buying organizations is it really difficult to buy on value rather than to buy on product specification?
1: Uh, it's a I, I, I have m- well? many reactions to that. Um, two main ones: the the um, the benefactor of the purchase is not procurement; it's actually the business organization. And I think if the business organization is lazy. And not able to really describe um, why and what and when that they want what they want, then it's actually setting up procurement and the supplier for failure. Um, you can also see this a lot of time in recruitment, where where the the, yep. the manager doesn't really know what they want, and then so a recruiter in desperation just cobbles together something, you know, some words, and they put that out to an to a, a headhunter who just interprets it differently, and then. You know, the, the, the candidate sends a CV in, which is also not formatted in any way to actually, you know, describe what they can actually do for the organization. And, and the whole thing is just a, a, a mess. And, and um, the, when, when I talk to people about, about technology, it's usually based on frustration. And um, I'm, I say, well, don't worry about the technology you're buying. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. And they're like, well, well, of course it is. Like, no, 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 because it's going to change the next day. So the, 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 the technology will evolve. The absolute most important thing is, do you trust the people building the technology? Yep. And, and, if you, and if you cannot say that you trust the people building the technology, then just don't buy it because you will be constantly fearful and uncertain and doubtful. And, that t- yep. and, and again, that comes back to that human, that human relation of... of um, of knowing what you want and knowing why you're there. And then, and basically knowing, can you work with these people? Because for me, technology yep. is a very human endeavor because stuff will go wrong by definition, either an expectation or technical things or bugs. And, and, and it is purely down to the relationship um, and the, and the motivations of the individuals to solve those problems ongoing. And that yep. is what will actually build in the, the business agility. And yeah. if you instantly start hammering people with SLAs and penalties and, and and horror and and yeah, you need that you know in a contract in case things go violently wrong. But if you if you manage a relationship with a hammer, you know all the time, then forget it. Yeah. You know, I think again, you 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 you've set yourself up for failure, and and value will not be created on either side in that case.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's also a great example of uh, the notion of relation, uh, relational value, relationship value uh, in that sense, and how that contributes to the overall picture. Um, interesting, Chris. Interesting. Uh, it, one of the,
1: the it, w- w- one little anecdote there, and it's hard to do, but because back when I was, you know, the group CIO lease plan, um, something I tried to do, um, and, and it got started was was actually have an ecosystem we actually had barbecues for the ecosystem and, and we, and we, and we sat down with our, our, our vendor partners and said, or suppliers who want who said they want to be strategic partners. We said, okay, well, in order to be a strategic partner, we need to sort of open our kimonos. And so what I'll do is I I will create space environments for you to get to know people, understand, you know, the business drivers and understand the business humans. And we would actually like to present to you our books. So, so we would show you, our financial drivers or financial situation as well as our business strategies. And on the flip side, we would like you to do the same. So show us your cost base. And so we can really make, um, meaningful, um, shared risk and reward deals. Um, it is just, there's so many factors in, in the corporate landscape that work against that kind of transparency. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. it's it just, it's almost impossible to have, a meaningful conversation like that which I found really fascinating because this is where the you know th- This is where the magic is done if you trust each other enough to actually share and uh, I was never able to really pull it off completely yet
0: Yeah, I yeah, it, it, you, you run into some uh, some some interesting situations. Uh, I remember that same company uh, we together with a customer um uh, by working uh, smart together on, on, on managing drive behavior and whatnot, um, uh, realized uh, savings or gains. And we were in a sharing model with that. But then we had uh, the customer contact that says, yeah, but this is, now I get money back, but now I need to figure out in my company how to organize this in getting money back. It's more work yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting conversation. Uh, so, okay. I was like, yeah, that it only happens within large uh, corporations, um, yeah. and, and, and 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 by the way, that is also interesting. What you see is that a large corporations, different disciplines, different departments, will have different uh, views on what is of value to them, to their department, different value language. Uh, this is where you see things go wrong. Uh, you basically never see it with with small entrepreneurs. They're all together. Uh, what you see is what you get. It's one voice. It's, it's one one. One one definition of value, one offering, it, it starts to, uh, yeah, to become an issue sometimes on the somewhat larger uh, companies. Chris, um, um, what what we have seen uh, over the past few months is uh, we had this this COVID uh, situation going on, um, and I also see that COVID uh, does have an impact on on the notion of value in some cases. If you talk about the value or the cost of a a barrel of crude American good old U.S. oil uh, in April of this year, you would get some money on top for, for, of the oil that you would get for free almost. that is That was new to me. Uh, you see different, uh, you see people all of a sudden waking up to the notion of how they value face-to-face or personal interaction. Um, never knew it was that important to me do you see uh, a shift in the value or value perception uh, in people or businesses uh, due to the uh, current uh, COVID uh, situation?
1: Um, Again, uh, just a whole waterfall of of thoughts from that. Um, One answer, well, obviously, yes. And... um, as I've been in contact with, with so many people also through the podcast and through my other, you know, expert networks and things, there seems to be two, if you can bucket them in two sorts of approaches that, you know, and, and I would call it maybe the abundance and the scarcity mindset. And there are some people who, and organizations who have said, Hey, this is a temporary thing and there is abundance. And, and, and even though we're suffering now, um, let's take care of our people let's let's you know you know send them desks and things at home and make sure that they're okay and in you know that's one response um, another response is um, more of a scarcity of oh my god you know we, you know we need to really batten da- bat down the hatches in order to survive this let's let's jettison you know all the dead weight let's maybe even use it as an excuse to execute some some strategic restructuring that we couldn't have otherwise um, I'm really consciously not Applying judgment to either of those right now because, wow, those are hard discussions to have and those are hard decisions to make. Um, But those are sort of the two main sort of themes of reaction. And I think that those are driven by the perceptive of long-term value potential of either people have a a basic belief that it's there or a basic belief that it's not there. And then they have to therefore work for it. Um, I've had some delightful um, discussions around um redefinition of value provided based on purpose and I was on one um sort of mastermind call with people in uh in South Africa which was which again I saw this scarcity uh, abundance thing and and at one point I had to introduce and say why are you being so negative people you know you know, okay let's let's it's easy to get on a, on a call with 20 people and start complaining but um I'd rather not do that you know let's start looking for opportunities and, and then during one of those sessions a lady um very entrepreneurial lady in, in, in a, um, essentially like, like a, a a auto servicing company, um, like a, like an Anvay Bay or or AAA type company. And, um, and she said, yeah, well, the reason we exist is, is to basically provide services to travelers and now no one's traveling. And it was, um, wow, that was what a, what a cool. and, And that was apparently the conversation they were also having internally. Um, and the, and, the, and the creativity that erupted from that open, vulnerable question was like, well, and one of the, one of the most beautiful ones was like, well, you can still fulfill your purpose, even though you, these travelers are not actually traveling. They are travelers, but they're at home. <laughs> and maybe they have other needs and you know, maybe you have other assets. And, and some of the, I don't know what they did with it, but one of the suggestions was, well, you have a call center that can handle you know, 8,000 calls a day maybe there's emergency services that could use to help, or yeah. you, know, you have technicians that drive around, maybe elderly people could you know have help setting up their zoom at home in some safe way or you know but all these creative things of other ways based on your purpose and your mission and your assets and capabilities to actually create value um, um, lovely story uh, Granadilla eats. Um, and and, and i've interviewed them i did a little similar to this i was i was pursuing people that are really doing meaningful things during corona and i I heard about granadilla eats and i did the same thing i said hey we're about to have a conversation let me uh, record it and that turned into a podcast which was great um they were a swimwear company that was then basically shut down and it was all also coming into the winter in south africa and um, what they realized is they, they had all the assets in place and, they, and they, they realized that there was local produce farmers that had the restaurants and hotels were shut down. And so produce was going to go to waste. And there were people who couldn't go to the store and the grocery stores were shut down. So they just, within like two or three weeks, they created a whole supply chain based on their capabilities to connect those two dots. Yeah. And um, again, that, that was, I think, astounding because, again, it was abundance thinking. So it was like, hey, what can we do? Um, and let 's find with our passion and our assets other ways of creating value um, wh- where things have not been so good and and, and i 've not found a solution to this is um, uh, that human contact that you mentioned um, in different executive discussions what what people are feeling is is the they're missing not, not not necessarily the human contact, but that's also there, but also what 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 the serendipity factor because if everyone is an isolated in their in their zoom and you, and like us we're here and're we're, we're on task the um the possibility for serendipity you know at the water cooler or you know at you know you know a, a, if it's a business conference you know the beer at night where the magic is done that that whole that whole magic you know you know fortunate accident serendipity moments are gone um and I think, therefore, people are, are starting to need and want. They're starting to recognize that they valued that, which used to be called waste. You know, you know, get from meeting to meeting that we used to be called waste, and now they're like, "Well, wait a second, that that was really valuable stuff. Well, that was I, have, I want more. I want some of that." And um, and so, so I think the yeah, I think the perception of of what is valued um, is certainly certainly shifting.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, that's that's food for thought. Um, um, touching upon uh, two uh, two notions is the notion of of, of the abundance uh, abundance uh, thinking. I think is a very interesting one. You might fill a complete podcast, but just that notion, uh, Chris. And the other one is the the serendipity factor. Um, yeah, there's something there. Uh, some new combinations, some new sparks that you otherwise wouldn't have um and there's value in that um uh, the question is yeah what what is it and it's sometimes difficult to 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 define up front um and, and that's that's the case with value uh, sometimes as well sometimes even with hindsight it's difficult to see but it pays to make it visible and mm. to, to to and basically sometimes also to count your blessings in, 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 and as, as a matter of speech very interesting chris um uh, I could continue this conversation for the rest of the day. I know our time is limited, yes. so I'd like to thank you very much for your insights. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. And, um, well, uh, happy to... Uh, I would love to uh, continue the conversation some other time. Uh, but well. for now, thanks again.
1: Great. Well, uh, Rainier, thank you so much. Let me, let me um, jump back into the uh, podcast closing uh, mode. And I know you are doing a lot of interviews with, with other experts in different, um, um, you know, domains, including cultural domains and things like that. And so I'd really urge people to follow Rainier on LinkedIn, Rainier Willems. And as, you know, sort of in these insights and, and this knowledge is shared, um, I'll be looking forward to seeing that come on your feed there feed there as well. So um, I'll put Rainier's um, uh, LinkedIn in, in the show notes of this podcast as well. And i um, really looking forward to see uh, what you discover after talking to people about, you know, value in these changing times. So th- w- great. I enjoyed this as well. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Learn more at eBillion.com slash podcast.